Hello, and welcome to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. My name is Jerry Crow, and I will be your teacher as we study the Word of God together. And now, today's lesson. Today we're going to look at Romans chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 9. It says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with a brotherly love. In honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray. Father God, we are humbled to be able to open our Bibles together and to seek your face. We honor you and praise your holy name. Thank you for this time together. Please open our hearts to hear from you in this time. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In our last study together, we discussed the identity of the believer. Today, we're going to discuss the life of the believer. I have said many times that the book of Romans is so rich, I could spend the majority of my life studying nothing besides this one letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Aside from the Gospels, it is one of the most studied and preached on books of the entire New Testament. For example, over the course of 12 years, Martin Lloyd-Jones preached through the book of Romans in 366 individual sermons. I will try not to take that long today. When we look at Romans chapter 12, we can see that these verses are divided into four categories. First, there are those duties which are personal in verse 9. Second, there are those duties to our families in verses 10 through 13. Third, there are our duties to others in verses 14 through 16. And fourth and finally, there are our duties to those who think they are our enemies in verses 17 through 21. So let's look at the personal duties first. Verse 9 says this, Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, and cling to what is good. I don't think it is a coincidence that Paul begins his exhortation with love. 
Paul speaks a good deal about love throughout his writings. We have the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 13 to show us what love is and what it looks like. It is also one of the things that Jesus commanded us to do in the Gospels. In Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 37, when asked about the commandments, Jesus says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And then in John chapter 13, in verse 34, Jesus says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Of course, Paul adds a stipulation to this love that we should have for one another. He states that our love should be without hypocrisy. In other words, our love should not be self-centered or self-focused. Our love is to be shown purely and sincerely, without guile in any way. Next he says, abhor what is evil. As followers of Christ, we are to hate evil. That's what the word abhor means. It means to hate. Too often we skip this part of the verse. We love all the stuff on love and clinging to what is good. But when it comes to a negative, we tend to just gloss over that part of the verse. But we can't do that and be within the whole counsel of God. See, notice what it says. It says, abhor what is evil, not who is evil. There's been a saying going around for a long time. I didn't look up who said it, who started it, who coined the phrase. But it's been around since before I was a follower of Christ. And it says we should hate the sin, but love the sinner. And I think to a degree this is true. You see, we're commanded to love people, but to hate sin. We're called to abhor or hate those things which are evil. How should we deal with sin? According to Paul, we are to hate it. Anything which goes against the teaching of Holy Scripture and draws us away from God, we should hate. Now, I don't know about you, but things that I hate, I don't just go around trying to find it or spend time doing those things. I, I tend to stay away from them. So if we hate sin, we stay away from it. And I know it sounds a little strong to say that we should hate anything, especially in our society where we should be nice all the time. But we've got to realize that hatred of sin is a command. Paul said, writing under the power of the Holy Spirit, abhor or hate what is evil. God told us to hate sin. And then he says to cling to what is good. Well, what is good? Well, let's look at Matthew chapter 19 to see if we can get an answer to that question. Let's start in verse 16. Now behold, one came to him and said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do 
that I may have eternal life. So he, Jesus, said to him, this man that came to talk to him, said, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. See, right here, Jesus tells us what is good, or rather, who is good. God the Father is the only one who is good, so therefore, good is anything that we can cling to that would be godly. So what is godly in our crazy, messed up world? All we have that is godly is the Word of God. You cling to the Word of God to know what is good. Read the Word, we study the Word, and we obey the Word. Next we see the duties that we have to those in our families. Verses 10 through 13 are the focus here. Starting in verse 10 it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. So we see here ten statements, ten individual statements. Let's look at those. First, he says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. What does it mean to be kindly affectionate? Well, simply, it means to be kind to one another. Showing kindness is how we show our love for one another. If you'll remember from our study on bearing fruit, kindness is also one of the fruits of the Spirit. Also, we learned in our last study together that we are all adopted children of God. We are brothers and sisters, and we should show each other the love we show our natural families, or perhaps even more. In John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. See, not only does Paul suggest that this is the way we should operate around other people of the faith, but it is a command given by Jesus Christ himself. It is how the rest of the world will know that we belong to him. Second statement, in honor, giving preference to one another. This means that we should not seek honor for ourselves. Rather, we should seek to give honor to others. It is a way to show genuine appreciation and admiration for other believers. Well, how do we do this? There are many ways we can give someone else preference. Here are just a few. We can allow others in front of us in lines at the store. That's pretty easy. If we're in a question-and-answer situation, say at a Bible study or something like that, we can defer to someone else for answers to questions that are asked. We don't have to have all the answers all the time. You can let your brother and sister answer also. And also we can give our time and resources to help someone else. These are just a few ways to show preference to someone. 
Third, he says, not lagging in diligence. Whatever we do should be done with enthusiasm and care. Hebrews 6 verses 10 through 12 give us some more insight on this. It says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Remember, we are working for God Almighty Himself. When we do something for others, it should be done with gladness, as if we are doing it to or for Him. We should never be sluggish or slothful. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Proverbs 18 verse 9. Fourth, we are to be fervent in spirit. The idea here is to be burning with zeal for the things of God. It is also implied that we burn, that we keep this zeal at all times. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6. Verse 9 and 10 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And see, whether we are fresh and renewed, or we are bogged down, with care, we should be fervent. We should have burning zeal in our spirits. Fifth statement Paul says is, as we are doing all these things, we should be doing them as a service to the Lord. Paul tells us in Colossians that we should do everything as to the Lord and not to men, because it is from the Lord we will receive our inheritance. Sixth, he says, rejoicing in hope. We have a hope for a future. If you were born again, if you have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we have a hope for a future. Our hope is that we will spend eternity with Jesus praising God with the rest of the believers. It is because of this hope that Paul could tell Timothy, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Seventh, he says we are to be patient in tribulation. It is necessary that we should go through trying times. It is how we deal with those trying times that shows our character. James, the brother of our Lord Jesus Christ, tells us this in his epistle. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Eighth, we are to continue steadfastly in prayer. 
It is no surprise that Paul tells us to be praying continually. He says as much many times in his letters. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Pray without ceasing. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, he says, I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. We could spend an entire teaching session going through just the times that we are called to pray. But we don't have time to cover them all today. Look them up. Ninth, we are to distribute to the needs of the saints. We also find this command many times in Scripture. We see it in Acts chapter 2, when the people sold their possessions, brought the proceeds to the feet of the apostles, and then the apostles distributed to those who had need. We see it being lived out in Acts chapter 6, when the apostles in Jerusalem told the people to choose seven men to serve and make sure that the dis distribution is done decently and in order. And then tenth, we are told to be given to hospitality. You see, in New Testament times, travel was dangerous. Inns were expensive. Hotels as we know them today didn't even exist. Most lodging houses were dangerous. They were evil. And quite honestly, they were just scarce. There wasn't very many of them. So what would happen in these times is that believers, those who are Christians, would open their homes to those who were traveling, especially to other believers. They would give the traveler a safe and often free place to sleep and have meals while they were in town doing business. This doesn't mean that they weren't given something in return. Oftentimes they were. Let's look at verse 14 in our main text. It says, Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Here we have the commands and instructions on how we are to treat other people. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I, d I don't know of any better example of this verse than the example of Jesus Christ himself. You see, before he was betrayed, while they were still in the, in the room having their Passover meal, he served Judas. He knew Judas was going to betray him. And yet he continued to love him to the end. When he was arrested and brought before the Sanhedrin, as they were beating him, he didn't say a word. As they were driving the spikes through his hands and his feet. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. This is how we should face persecution. This is our example. 
Then Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. It is an amazing thing to share in the triumph and the sorrow of others. We are called to be happy with those who are happy. And we are called to be compassionate to the hardships and sorrows of those around us. It says, be of the same mind toward one another. In other words, we are to be completely impartial. James tells us that if we give the man who comes in wearing jewelry, fine clothes, the best seat, and tell the man wearing rags to sit in the back away from others, that we have committed sin. Being impartial in this way is not something we can do on our own. We have to have the Spirit working within us. In our natural state, we tend to gravitate towards the nice-looking, well-dressed people. Maybe they have money. Maybe they have power. Those are the people we tend to go towards, and we tend to push those who are dirty and maybe poor. We push them away from us. But the Word of God, through the brother of Jesus Christ, calls that sin. Then he says, Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. You see, we're not to be prideful. Instead, we are called to be humble in all things. You see, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. You look through the book of Proverbs, and it is littered with warnings about being prideful. It is not something we should ever, ever, ever be caught doing. Then he says, do not be wise in your own opinion. Do you know people that act like this? People who are conceited. Or they act like they are superior to others. These are the worst kind of nuisance. It is impossible to bring them down to the level of everyone else. You see, a pompous person will never be able to fulfill the call of God on their life. In fact, this sin is listed in the sins of the people who God gives over to vile passions in Romans chapter 1, verse 22. It says, professing to be wise... They became fools. Now let's look at the duties that we have as believers to those people who think that they are our enemies. Verse 17 says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. These last five verses... I'm going to attempt to be brief 
get thorough. We're running a little low on time, so I want to get through these very concisely. It is not our place to get revenge. It should never be our desire to dole out justice on others, especially those who do harm to us. Instead, it is our duty, our command, to do good to them. You see, when you do good to those who would do us harm, we bring shame to them. Keeping coals of fire on their head caused their shame to be increased. If you look at Joseph in the Old Testament being sold into slavery by his brothers, and when they come to him for food, he says, What you meant for evil, God turned it around and he has used it for good. And he loved his brothers despite what they had done to him. See, we are called to live the kind of life represented in these scriptures today. While it is difficult, it is not impossible. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we can live the life of love shown in Romans chapter 12. Let us pray. Almighty Father God, we come to you now with your word in our ears. We ask that you write these words on our hearts. We ask for your help to live the life your word sets before us. Teach us to follow you wherever you lead. And we ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Before you go, I would like to remind you to, to check out www.jerrycrowministries.com. There you can read our blog catch up on what is going on in the ministry, and have the opportunity to donate to help us continue bringing this study to you. Also, by way of reminder, this study will come out monthly for the next few months, at least until I can get a more reasonable schedule at work, since this is not my full-time job yet. Thank you all, and may God continue to bless you each and every day. Thank you for listening to Ancient Words, the Bible teaching podcast from Jerry Crow Ministries. We hope that you are encouraged by the Word of God. Remember to take a moment and look up today's scriptures and dig into the Word for yourself. For more information about Jerry Crow Ministries, please go to www.jerrycrowministries.com. There you can find information about the ministry, contact information, and catch up on some of our latest writings. Tune in next time for more biblical understanding. May God bless you and keep you in our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit.